We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 740 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Monday, January 15th, 2024. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, 2024. He was born on this day 95 years ago, January 15th. 1929. Had he not been assassinated, uh, he might still be alive today. What would he think (laughs) about our world today? Boy, that is a loaded question. Uh, Whatever the answer, a salute to the skies to MLK Jr. and a hello to you of quite the last few days. Uh, When we last left each other, we were wondering if the commanders might have their new head of football operations in place by the end of the weekend. (laughs) Well, it turns out that the team had its new head of football operations before the start of the weekend. Hello and welcome to this Monday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Friday morning, the news broke via multiple reports that the commanders are hiring San Francisco 49ers assistant general manager Adam Peters to run the commander's football operations. Now, the team has not yet officially announced the hire, but it's happening And there is so much to like about this hire. There is so much to be excited about with this hire. Next segment, in-depth reaction to and analysis of this hire, including not just the what, but the how, because both are very significant. And I will get into what is next, the hiring of a head coach, and perhaps who is next Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Everyone expects the commanders to go hard after Johnson. Are they about to get the top head coaching candidate this offseason of getting the top head of football operations candidate this offseason? Now, the season for Ben and the Lions is continuing. A 24-23 win over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, Ben's offense was great in the first half, not as good in the second half, but 
Tuesday is the first day on which virtual interviews for head coaching candidates whose teams played on Saturday or Sunday of Super Wildcard Weekend can be conducted. So it is as soon as Tuesday that the commanders can conduct a virtual interview of Johnson and or any number of other head coaching candidates from Super Wildcard Weekend like Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, whose offense put on a show in the Texans' 45-14 demolition of the Cleveland Browns on Saturday. Uh, And also, oh, I don't know, uh, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. The commanders could conduct a virtual interview of Dan on Tuesday. Do you expect that to happen? Do you want that to happen? (laughs) What? What's so funny? (laughs) Why the laugh track? Hey, Dan Quinn now has a lot of free time on his hands. Uh, How about that on Sunday? Green Bay Packers 48 Dallas Cowboys 32, and at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, at Jerry World. So much for all of the talk of, oh, the Cowboys are so good at home. The Cowboys are so much better at home. Really? Not on Sunday, were they? Uh, And by the way, that final score misleading, right? The score in the fourth quarter at one point was Packers 48, Cowboys 16. The Cowboys disappointing in the NFL playoffs. It is a (laughs) January tradition like no other. Look, our team, Washington, has nothing to brag about in terms of on-field accomplishment over the last 31 seasons. But consider this, Dan Snyder bought the team in May 1999, a team that he no longer owns. But Dan bought the team in May 1999. Since then, as much as the Cowboys have been better than Washington has been, each team has the exact same number of NFC Championship game appearances. Zero. Yeah, a big fat zero. And now we wait. Is Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy about to get fired. Uh, Perhaps the better question is, how soon (laughs) is Mike McCarthy going to get fired? But anyway, lots of commander's conversation next segment. Also on the show, the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend. I will talk Capitals as they, over the weekend, had a two-game split against the Metropolitan Division-leading New York Rangers Saturday afternoon, a 3-2 win over the Rangers at Capital One Arena in a game in which the Caps overcame a 2-1 third-period deficit. But Sunday afternoon, a 2-1 loss at the Rangers. Uh, I will talk Wizards. Uh, They on Sunday made a trade, and they on Saturday night authored a blowout win. If you can believe that, yes, our tanking Wizards, a blowout win, a 127-99 win at the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday night. And I will talk college basketball losses for Georgetown, Virginia, and Virginia Tech over the weekend, but a big win for Maryland. The Terrapins, a road win against a top 10 team, a 76-67 win at number 10 Illinois on Sunday afternoon. Uh, The Hoyas lost at number 4 UConn, 80-67 on Sunday afternoon. The Cavaliers got routed yet again in a road game, a 
47 loss at Wake Forest on Saturday afternoon, and the Hokies suffered a 75-71 loss to Miami at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Saturday night. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the Commanders hiring Adam Peters from David Smith on X on Commanders Managing Partner Josh Harris and his advisory committee members. They sure know what they want. Took one week to figure this out. Now we'll get interviews of existing in-house personnel and clean house. Uh, Thank you for that, David. From Mo Cheeks on X. Shout out Bob Myers. Uh, Thank you for that, Mo. Yes, shout out indeed to uh, advisory committee member Bob Myers, whose relationship with Adam Peters may well have been key in the commanders getting him. Uh, From Jackson Jordan on X, Harris was playing chess while everyone thought he was playing checkers. Uh, Thank you for that, Jackson. From Navy B. Young on X, anything is better than the past four years or more actually. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for that, Navy B. Young. Yes, a lot more than just the past four years. Email from Joel Charney, writes Joel, Hi Al, I have to congratulate you once again. This Adam Peters hire is fantastic and bodes well for the future of your beloved commanders. When you think of the people who have been in his role for the Washington franchise during the Dan Snyder era, this hire is simply on another level. Credit to Josh Harris for pulling this off so quickly and smoothly. I hope that you see results on the field soon, but if I'm a commanders fan, I am on cloud nine right now. Peters, plus the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, plus all of this salary cap space. The team will be relevant soon. Based on what I've seen so far, I predict that this commander's ownership transition will be a business school case study (laughs) one day. Uh, Thank you for that, Joel. Well, all that went wrong for the franchise under the ownership of Dan Snyder would make for a great business school case study on what not to do, right? On how to not drastically lessen a uh, thriving enterprise. So perhaps the opposite will be true with the Josh Harris group. Keep in mind that Josh went to two of the most prestigious business school institutions in this country. Uh, Josh graduated from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and then graduated from Harvard Business School. Not too shabby. Uh, Well, something that should be taught at Wharton and Harvard is the greatness of our friend Dr. George Verghese, who I know is thrilled about the commander's hiring Adam Peters. Dr. Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He is a big commander's fan, and operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, which has locations in Waldorf, Maryland, Leonardtown, Maryland, and Lexington Park, Maryland. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer, or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact 
Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings to anyone considered a new patient. And Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer advanced treatments for skin cancer. And also, if you're dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, contact Dr. George Verghese, and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit MidAtlanticSkin.com. That's MidAtlanticSkin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skin care, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. A thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It could be just a sentence or two. But the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, in sports and in life. Uh, There is the process and there is the result. Uh, You can have good process, but a bad result. You can have a bad process, but a good result. Uh, You, of course, can have a bad process and a bad result. But sometimes you get great process and a great result. And my friends, that is what we have here with the commanders reportedly hiring Adam Peters as general manager to run their football operations. This past Friday morning, an eruption of reports that the commanders are hiring Adam Peters as general manager to run their football operations. And there with this hiring are two levels, each of which is worthy of immense praise if you are a Commanders fan like me. First, there is the result. Adam Peters was regarded as at least one of the top head of football operations candidates in this 2024 offseason, if not the top head of football operations candidate in this 2024 offseason. Heck, he may have been the top head of football operations candidate last offseason. Peters is 44. He, for a while, has been viewed as an up-and-coming person in the world of NFL front office executives. And there just is so much to like about Adam Peters' track record. Uh, He has worked, or had worked, for the San Francisco 49ers since January 2017. He was their vice president of player personnel from January 2017 to February 2021 when he was promoted to assistant general manager. Adam Peters as Niners assistant general manager has played a major role in the team's player personnel as in a role larger than the role that is played by most assistant GMs. Uh, This was communicated to us by 49ers insider Kyle Madsen on last Thursday's show, episode 738. The Niners in the 2017 through 2023 NFL drafts have had one-hit 
after another. These Niners drafts that have included Adam Peters have had one hit after another. If you just go by Associated Press first team and second team All-Pro honors, which is a pretty good way of judging player greatness in the NFL. The Niners for the 2017 through 2023 regular seasons have had six players who were drafted by the team who earned first team and or second team All-Pro honors for the Niners, and four of those players were non first round picks. Uh, Tight end George Kittle, who the Niners took in the fifth round of the 2017 NFL Draft out of Iowa. Linebacker Fred Warner, who the Niners took in the third round of the 2018 NFL Draft out of BYU. Receiver Debo Samuel, who the Niners took in the second round of the 2019 NFL Draft out of South Carolina. Edge defender Nick Bosa, who the Niners took with the number two overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft out of Ohio State. Receiver Brandon Ayuk, who the Niners took with the number 25 overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft out of Arizona State. And safety Talanoa Hufanga, who the Niners took in the fifth round of the 2021 NFL Draft out of USC. And not included on that list are a number of other good players, like, oh, I don't know, quarterback Brock Purdy, who has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL over the last two seasons, and who the Niners took with the very last pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Uh, It is true that Adam Peters was part of a Niners front office that made one of the worst draft trades in recent NFL history. Uh, The Niners on March 26, 2021, acquired the number three overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft from the Miami Dolphins in exchange for the Niners' 2021 first round pick, pick number 12 overall, 2022 and 2023 first round picks into 2022 compensatory third round pick, and the Niners, with that number three overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, took quarterback Trey Lance. Uh, That trade, major fail by the Niners. However, you know, it says a lot about Niners drafts with Adam Peters that the Niners made that bad of a trade and yet still had at least 10 wins in each of the next three regular seasons, 2021 through 2023. And it is possible that Peters wasn't even in favor of the Trey Lance trade. Uh, That trade reeked of being driven by Niners head coach and, of course, former Redskins offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, who technically is in charge of Niners player personnel. Uh, The Niners do have a coach-centric approach. The Niners president of football operations and general manager John Lynch does not have a final say-so on player personnel. Kyle does. Uh, Adam Peters, prior to working for the Niners, worked for the Denver Broncos for eight seasons, 2009 through 2016. He was a regional scout for the Broncos for the 2009 and 2010 seasons. He was a national scout for the Broncos for the 2011 through 2013 seasons. He was the team's assistant director of college scouting for the 2014 and 2015 seasons, and he was the team's director of college scouting for the 2016 season, and Peters, prior to working for the Broncos, worked in the scouting department of the New England Patriots for the 2003 through 2008 seasons. You add it all up. Adam Peters, over 21 total seasons with the 49ers, Broncos, and Patriots, has been part of three Super Bowl wins, six conference championships, and 
13 division titles, and that does not include whatever the Niners end up doing in the NFL playoffs for this season. Like I said, Kyle Shanahan has final say-so on Niners player personnel, so you can't just give Adam Peters all of the credit for all of the Niners' great draft picks in recent years, but he definitely has played a major role in the Niners' drafting in recent years. And if you go through what the Niners did in NFL drafts during Adam Peters' time with the team, what you see is a run of drafting that our team, Washington, has not had since Bobby Beathard was the team's general manager in the 1980s. And again, that's even with the big fail that was the Trey Lance trade. The drafting excellence that Adam Peters can bring to the commanders is invaluable. And note that I said can, because there are no guarantees, but a run of NFL drafts for the commanders, like the run that the Niners had with Peters, would change everything (laughs) for our team. Now to the process of the commanders hiring Adam Peters. Josh Harris, how about this guy? How about our commander's managing partner, Josh Harris. You know, Josh, during the commander's oh-so-hideous 2023 season, took criticism from some for being too passive, for not doing enough, like, say, firing head coach Ron Rivera during the season. Uh, I never felt that way. Others did. And look, I get the feeling. You don't have to feel guilty for having had that feeling. The team's 2023 season was awful. It was legitimately one of the worst seasons in franchise history. The Commanders' minus 189-point differential for the 2023 regular season was the worst in the NFL and the third worst for a regular season in franchise history, to say nothing of the record, (laughs) 4-13. But it turns out that Josh Harris, during this regular season in which he supposedly was too passive and not doing enough, was planning and preparing for an aggressive revamping of the team's football operations. Day one of the Commanders' 2024 offseason, this past Monday, January 8th, Josh fired head coach Ron Rivera and announced the formation of an advisory committee that shockingly included former Golden State Warriors president of basketball operations and general manager Bob Myers. And Josh's team reportedly requested permission to speak with a truckload of top head of football operations candidates and top head coaching candidates. Uh, Days two and three of the Commander's 2024 offseason. This past Tuesday, January 9th, and Wednesday, January 10th, the Commander's reportedly interviewed five head of football operations candidates. The team this past Tuesday interviewed Adam Peters, Kansas City Chiefs Assistant General Manager Mike Borgonzi, and Cleveland Browns Assistant General Manager and Vice President of Player Personnel Glenn Cook. And the Commanders this past Wednesday interviewed Chicago Bears Assistant General Manager Ian Cunningham and Philadelphia Eagles Assistant General Manager Alec Hallaby. Uh, Day four of the Commanders' 2024 offseason. This past Thursday, January 11th, the Commanders reportedly conducted a second interview with each of two finalists to be the team's new head of football operations, Adam Peters and Ian Cunningham. And day five of the Commanders' 2024 offseason, this past Friday, January 12th, Adam Peters reportedly agreed to become the commander's general manager. Josh Harris, within five days of the commander's terrible 2023 season ending, hired perhaps the number one 
head of football operations candidate to be the team's head of football operations. Look around the NFL. Look at how slowly other team searches for heads of football operations are going. The commander search moved at warp speed. But it's not just that. It's also that Adam Peters appears to have been the target all along. So in other words, Josh Harris knew who he wanted and got who he wanted. And I tell you, the hiring of Bob Myers to this advisory committee now so looks like it was fueled big time by the idea that Bob and Adam Peters know each other well. Josh Harris used his connections to hire the ultra well-regarded Bob Myers as a recruiter for Adam Peters. And Adam Peters, who in the 2023 offseason reportedly turned down requests to be interviewed by the Arizona Cardinals and Tennessee Titans, and yet Peters agreed to become the commander's general manager before the end of day five of their 2024 offseason. Adam Peters, who in the 2023 offseason reportedly wouldn't even take interviews with the Cardinals and Titans, was interviewed twice and hired by the commanders within the first five days of the team's 2024 offseason. Think about the difference. Such a scenario would have been unthinkable (laughs) under our team's previous lead owner, Dan Snyder. Uh, This was NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com on the NFL Network show, NFL Total Access, this past Friday on the commander's hiring, Adam Peters. They figured this out very quickly. Adam Peters, the former San Francisco 49ers assistant general manager, is the new commander's GM. Now, he had been a finalist along with Ian Cunningham of the Chicago Bears, but the reality is he was the favorite really going in. In fact, even before it became clear what would happen with the Washington Commanders, whether or not there would be changes in the front office, whether or not they would move on from Ron Rivera, there always was interest in Adam Peterson and really there should be. This is someone whose reputation is really strong. Spent some time with the Denver Broncos, now with the San Francisco 49ers as the right-hand man and, and really personnel eyes of general manager John Lynch, helping him build one of the best and most talented rosters in the NFL. Peters has always been an up-and-coming personnel guy. Now he is here as the commander's new GM. Yes, he is. And note that per Ian Rappaport, Adam Peters was the favorite going into the commander's search for a head of football operations. The process employed by Josh Harris in landing Adam Peters so impressive. And of course, Josh Harris has history with that word process uh, because he is Philadelphia 76ers managing partner greenlit what was known as the process an unapologetic all in on analytics rebuild that embraced tanking and has resulted in the Sixers becoming a very good team over the last seven NBA seasons although the Sixers uh, during this run have not advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs but you know at one point years ago when the Sixers started getting good Fans at Sixers home games actually chanted, trust the process. <laughs> yes, that happened. Take a listen.
Yeah, that was Sixers fans chanting, trust the process. Uh, well, perhaps we as Commanders fans uh, need to be chanting that because Josh Harris's process for this hiring of Adam Peters was terrific. Much more on the Commanders hiring of Adam Peters in moments. Uh, I, and I know many of you, are pumped about the Commanders hiring Adam Peters. And here's something else to be pumped about. A very special deal from Nova Fireplace and Stove for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, You right now can get an in-stock wood insert at an extremely discounted price, just $6,000 plus tax. The usual price is $9,000 plus tax. So this is a 33% discount, and the $6,000 plus tax includes installation. A site visit is required, but take your fireplace to a whole new level with a wood insert from Nova Fireplace and Stove. If you live in Northern Virginia, call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Talk to my guy, Stuart Moore. He is the general manager of Nova Fireplace and Stove. He's the Adam Peters of Nova Fireplace and Stove. Uh, Stuart is a big Commanders fan and a loyal listener of this podcast. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and get this exceptional deal on an in-stock wood insert again 33% off. A standard masonry fireplace is only about 10% efficient, but a wood insert is over 70% efficient. A wood insert installed into a masonry fireplace elongates the burn time of your logs and transforms your room into a palace of warmth. Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call 571-513-3803 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Also, if you are in need of fireplace stove or chimney work and you live in Northern Virginia, get with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales service and installation, handles gas electric and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need for any subcontractors, and Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom in Woodbridge, Virginia, and has a great website, NovaFireplaceAndStove.com. And take advantage of this special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571 571- 513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive an in-stock wood insert at the extremely discounted price of just $6,000 plus tax. The usual price, $9,000 plus tax. And the $6,000 plus tax includes installation. A site visit is required. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. That's 571-513-3803. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now on the Commanders hiring Adam Peters. And also, let's get into what comes next for the Commanders, the hiring of a head coach. Uh, Here was NFL insider Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports with Zach Aldridge on CBS Sports HQ on Friday. And you'll hear Jonathan Jones bring up another member of the Josh Harris Advisory Committee, former Minnesota Vikings General Manager Rick Spielman. 
Yeah, so throughout this process, there was a meeting with our good friend Rick Spielman for two hours or so, and they talked about ball. And then there was a meeting with uh, Josh Harris and Bob Myers, the former Washington, excuse me, Warriors general manager. Um, and so that lasted three or four hours or so. So that happened a couple of nights ago. And then Adam Peters gets the call to take a Zoom with limited partners, Mitchell Rails and David Blitzer and Magic Johnson. That interview took place yesterday. So now what is the first order of business, Zach? It's about getting a head coach. And we see right here uh, all those vacancies. So many of those teams are going to want Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator who is preparing for that playoff game in the wild card round against the L.A. Rams. And it's a huge one. But look, a lot of teams want him. The Panthers have wanted him uh, badly. David Tepper absolutely wants Ben Johnson. Tried for him last year. Is going to try for him again. The Titans have put in a request for him. Uh, the Chargers have put in a request for him. The Falcons have as well. So yeah, five teams, including the Commanders, that have put in for Ben Johnson. But I believe that he has to be the leading candidate there with the Commanders. The other names that they've put in for uh, Aaron Glenn, Dan Quinn, Anthony Weaver, Raheem Morris, and Mike McDonald. So that's six candidates that they have requested interviews with. There could be more including the current offensive coordinator with Washington, Eric Bieniemy, But that will be up to Adam Peters. Uh, but everything that I'm hearing right now, Ben Johnson should have the lead in Washington. But of course, Ben Johnson is going to have options. I just mentioned the five interview slips that he has. Uh, it is very, very good to have options. He will be a head coach uh, in short order. It's a matter of where he wants to go. But a lot of people I talk to are pairing Ben Johnson with Adam Peters. Yeah, so if last week was about the commanders hiring Adam Peters, is this week going to be about the team hiring Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson as head coach? So many are talking about the commanders being expected to go hard after Johnson. We just heard what Jonathan Jones said, uh, NFL insider Diana Rossini of The Athletic. She in a post on X on Saturday morning wrote, quote, while Washington is going to attack this search for a head coach with Openness and flexibility. The commanders are targeting Detroit's Ben Johnson as their top choice per sources. Carolina is also hoping to land Johnson. End quote. Uh, Adam Peters was the commander's target for head of football operations. Ben Johnson is the commander's target for head coach. And off what we saw from Josh Harris in getting Adam Peters, the well thought out, well executed plan. Why shouldn't we have the exact same thing in this pursuit of Ben Johnson? And consider this. Bob Myers has a relationship with Adam Peters that may have been key in the commanders getting Peters. Well, Rick Spielman has a connection with Ben Johnson. Rick's brother, former Lions and Buffalo Bills linebacker Chris Spielman, is a big-time play-a-play-a uh, in the Lions front office. Uh, he is a special assistant to Lions president and CEO Rod Wood and is a chairperson. Uh, Chris Spielman played an integral role in the hiring of Lions executive vice president and general manager Brad Holmes and head coach Dan Campbell. Chris Spielman clearly has a relationship with Ben Johnson. It would be awesome for the commanders to hire Ben Johnson as their head coach. Uh, I read to you from a piece on Ben Johnson by Ben Solak of The Ringer. Uh, the piece came out 
this past August 14th. Quote, if you're an NFL team owner with an open head coaching job, the simple answer seems to be snapping a branch off the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay tree, snapping a branch off the Andy Reid tree, or finding some guy who was just coaching January football. This past offseason, only one offensive coach interviewed for a head coaching job who didn't fall into one of those three buckets. It was Johnson who interviewed with the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers, for whom Johnson was reportedly the leading candidate before he bowed out of the head coaching cycle to stay in Detroit and keep coordinating the offense for Jared Goff and the Lions. It's no surprise that Johnson got those interviews when someone who was a quality control coach in 2019 coordinates one of the league's best offenses three years later. Everyone in the NFL will want to figure out who he is and how it happened and whether he can do it again, that's what I set out to discover too. From what I can figure, Johnson had exactly what both Goff and the McVay offense needed, an infusion of creativity and a willingness to change. He hadn't yet been to the peak of the NFL's mountaintop and didn't come from a system that had dominated the league. He was just a guy who had been at the bottom of the NFL pit before and knew his way out. Johnson's at the bottom of the pit no longer. Welcome to the top of the mountain where defensive coordinators spend all offseason brewing remedies for your particular offensive poison where the premium on innovation becomes even greater. It's one thing to innovate and another to sustain. That is the challenge Johnson faces as he steps out of the unknown and into the known. End quote. Well, here's what happened with Ben Johnson's Lions offense. The Lions for the 2023 regular season were number five in the NFL in total offense per DVOA. This off being number seven for the 2022 regular season, his first season as Lions offensive coordinator. But back to Adam Peters, Uh, a few more thoughts on the commanders hiring him. So the reporting is that he'll be in charge of the team's football operations, but will have the title of general manager. Uh, If that reporting is true, then that would mean that the commanders are not going with the front office setup of head of football operations, followed by a GM, followed by a head coach. Peters being in charge of the team's football operations, but having the title of GM would mean that the team is going to have a two-person approach to running things, as opposed to a three-person approach. Uh, There's no one perfect way for an NFL team's football operations to be set up. But I do like the two-person approach more than the three-person approach. The three-person approach can work just fine, but does run the risk of there being too many chefs in the kitchen, too many competing voices. The two-person approach, if you have the right head of football operations and the right head coach, is more than enough. Also, it's not like you can't have assistant general managers who are really good assisting Adam Peters. So it's not like all of the major football operations work has to be on him. Remember, the commanders already have Eugene Shen, uh, who they on October 26 announced as having hired as the team's senior vice president of football strategy. He's in charge of the commander's analytics. Uh, And consider this, Adam Peters' initial title with the commanders being only general manager does allow for a major promotion, does allow for him to aspire to a grander title, like, say, 
president of football operations and general manager. Uh, We see this in sports all of the time. A person begins with a team as its general manager or becomes a team's general manager and then gets promoted to president of whatever operations and general manager. This is what happened with Mike Rizzo with the Nationals. Uh, He was their general manager, and then they, in August 2013, promoted him to president of baseball operations and general manager. Although the Nats, (laughs) bizarrely, have referred to Mike as general manager and president of baseball operations. In other words, have put the general manager title in front of the president of baseball operations title. To me, president of baseball operations is the more prestigious title. But this also is what happened with Bob Myers with the Warriors. April 2012, the Warriors promoted Myers to GM. September 2016, the Warriors added president of basketball operations to Myers' job title. So I'm a big fan of Adam Peters being in charge of commander's football operations, but only, and I put the word only in quotation marks, having the title of general manager. Uh, Of course, the commanders technically already have uh, a general manager in Martin Mayhew. Remember, the only person who the team has fired in this revamping of football operations is head coach Ron Rivera. The reporting has been that it is up to Adam Peters to decide on people like Mayhew and executive vice president of football slash player personnel, Marty Herney. Uh, I would think that Herney is as good as gone. I'd say the same about Mayhew, but he did work with Peters with the 49ers. Uh, Mayhew was with the Niners for four seasons, 2017 through 2020. He initially was the team's senior personnel executive. He then was promoted to vice president of player personnel in January 2019. So I think it's possible that Peters retains Mayhew in a lesser role, but Mayhew may not want to stay with the team in a lesser role. Personally, I'd get rid of both Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney. Uh, I'd get rid of both of the Martys, but we'll see what Adam Peters does. But whatever the case, Adam Peters is the person running Commander's football operations moving forward, and I am thrilled about that, and I know that many of you are too. Well, hopefully the work of Adam Peters will have our team in the playoffs very soon. Uh, we on Monday have the final two games of the wild card round of this NFL postseason. We have the rescheduled game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills Monday afternoon at 4.30, and we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday night at 8.15. Plenty of opportunity to make money via Underdog Fantasy, which offers daily pick'em games that are super easy and fun. Just correctly pick whether certain players at each game will go higher or lower given totals, and you win. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI and to make a first deposit of at least $10. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy also offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be ultra-time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time-consumption 
but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, we all love the NFL and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking NFL winners, only with Little Caesars pizza, you never lose. Uh, And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery, as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Well, the Capitals over the weekend played back-to-back games against the Metropolitan Division-leading New York Rangers, and the result was a split. Saturday afternoon, a 3-2 win over the Rangers at Capital Win Arena in a game in which the Caps overcame a 2-1 third-period deficit, but Sunday afternoon, a 2-1 loss at the Rangers. So the Caps for this NHL regular season now are 20-15-6 and are tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, for sixth in the eight-team 
Metropolitan Division. Uh, no Alex Ovechkin for the Caps in either game over the weekend. The Caps, a top line left wing, was out uh, due to a lower body injury. But back for the Caps was goaltender Charlie Lindgren. Uh, he was the Caps starting goaltender in each game, and he was good in each game. Uh, the 3-2 win on Saturday afternoon, Lindgren was the Caps starting goaltender for the first time since suffering an upper body injury in the Caps 5-1 loss at the New York Islanders on December 29th. Uh, he was on the injured reserve list from January 3rd to January 9th. But Lindgren on Saturday afternoon stopped 25 of the 27 shots on goal that he faced, including all 10 of the shots on goal that he faced in the third period. Uh, he, per natural stat trick, did give up two goals on low danger shots on goal, but he also stopped all six of the high danger shots on goal that he faced and stopped all five of the medium danger shots on goal that he faced. And then the 2-1 loss on Sunday afternoon, Lindgren stopped 29 of the 31 shots on goal that he faced, including all 21 of the shots on goal that he faced over the final two periods. Uh, Lindgren per natural stat trick stopped eight of the nine high danger shots on goal that he faced. Did give up a goal on a low danger shot on goal, but very telling that Caps head coach Spencer Carberry started Charlie Lindgren in both games of a back-to-back. You don't usually see an NHL team start the same goaltender in each game of a back-to-back. And yes, Lindgren was coming off a layoff, but him starting each game over the weekend to me is a sign that there is not a lot of trust in Darcy Kemper right now. And there should be very little trust in him right now. He's not playing well, but this was Spencer Carberry during his post-game session with reporters on Sunday afternoon on starting Charlie Lindgren on back-to-back days. I mean, he's a, he's a battler, hasn't played a lot in, in the last few weeks with him being hurt, so we thought it was a good opportunity to go back with him. He's played great against the Rangers in his starts that he's played, played great last night, and tonight was no different. Well, the Caps on July 13th, 2022, signed both Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren as unrestricted free agents. Kemper got a five-year, $26.25 million contract. Lindgren got a three-year, $3.3 million contract. And yet, here we are. Charlie Lindgren is outplaying Darcy Kemper. I mean, it's not even close. Save percentage for this regular season. Kemper, 891. Lindgren, 929. Goals against average for this regular season. Kemper, 327. Lindgren, 224. Uh, the Caps in their 2-1 loss at the Rangers on Sunday afternoon had just 25 shots on goal to the Rangers, 31. Despite per natural stat trick having 50 five-on-five shot attempts to the Rangers, 35. Uh, Why the difference? Well, the Caps committed six minor penalties to the Rangers, three, although the Caps did go five-of-five on the penalty kill, although they also went 0-2 on the power play. The Caps in the 3-2 win on Saturday afternoon went 3-of-3 on the penalty kill, but also 0-of-3 on the power play. Uh, Also back for the Caps over the weekend was winger Tom Wilson. Uh, He returned from a one-game absence caused by a broken nose. Uh, He in each game served as the Caps' third-line right wing. Wilson in the 3-2 win on Saturday afternoon was number one on the Caps and five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 76.5. 4-7 of the Caps with Wilson on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 13 shot attempts versus allowing just four shot attempts, although Wilson did commit a first-period boarding minor. And then there was TJ Oshie. 
Uh, he in each game over the weekend manned the usual Tom Wilson spot of top line right wing, and Oshie was really good. The 3-2 win on Saturday afternoon, Oshie scored a go-ahead even strength goal, 829 into the third period for a 3-2 Caps lead as he deposited a backhand shot from right in front of the right post off a terrific pass from top-line center Dylan Strom from the left circle through the low slot for the primary assist as Strom had skated through an attempted but failed clear by Rangers defenseman Adam Fox. Uh, really good puck handling by Strom. Oshie in this game also had a game-high tying four shots on goal, a team-high eight total shot attempts, and two hits. And this was just Oshie's second game back of having been on the injured reserve list from December 19th to January 11th due to a lower body injury. And then the 2-1 loss on Sunday afternoon, Oshie scored the Caps' lone goal, uh, which was an even-strength goal, 11-03 into the second period. And he had a game-high seven shots on goal, a game-high nine total shot attempts, and a game-high tying three hits. And he was number three on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 72.41. The Caps with Oshie on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 21 shot attempts versus allowing just eight shot attempts. Uh, He did commit a third-period hooking minor, but man, TJ Oshie a force over the weekend. Uh, Also, I wanted to mention this. So, That 3-2 win on Saturday afternoon featured fourth-line center Nick Dowd scoring a game-tying even-strength goal 6-36 into the third period to tie the game at three. Scored on a tip-in off second-line center Evgeny Kuznetsov skating the puck behind the net and then sending the puck toward the net. A nice play by our pal Kuzi, but how about this? Kuznetsov and getting the primary assist on that Nick Dowd goal registered just Kuznetsov's fifth point in 20 games. That's it. Five points in a 20-game span. And Kuznetsov went pointless in the 2-1 loss on Sunday afternoon. So that's now five points in 21 games. Uh, Boy, is Evgeny Kuznetsov having a bad season. Uh, Dowd in that game, by the way, was charged with a double minor in the first period and did go just 5-13 and 13 on face-offs as the Caps won despite going a terrible 18-41 and 41 on face-offs. Uh, next up for the Caps, home to the Anaheim Ducks, Tuesday night at 7. Well, the Wizards on Monday afternoon will play their annual Martin Luther King Jr. Day home game. Uh, And the Wizards on Sunday afternoon announced a trade with the team that the Wizards are playing on Monday afternoon. The Detroit Pistons. Uh, The Wizards and Pistons are two of the three worst teams in the NBA this regular season and are the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference this regular season. And they have made a trade. Uh, The Wizards uh, in the trade send 6'10 Danilo Gallinari and 6'10 Mike Muscala to the Pistons for 6'10 Marvin Bagley III, 6'6 Isaiah Livers, a 2025 
second round pick and a 2026 second round pick. This is a good trade uh, by the Wizards. They deal two guys with expiring contracts and two guys who were not playing for the team all that much and Gallinari and Muscala and get back some potentially valuable pieces uh, from the Pistons who made the trade for the purpose of clearing salary cap space. The Pistons are poised to have a lot of cap space this coming offseason, but the Wizards got back a big in Marvin Bagley III, who is under contract through next season and who was the number two overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft, although he has been a disappointment. But Bagley for this regular season has a true shooting percentage of 63.8, which is good. Uh, True shooting percentage is a version of shooting percentage that accounts for threes being worth more than twos and accounts for free throws. So the Wizards got back a guy in Isaiah Livers who is on an expiring contract, but could be in the Wizards rotation for the rest of this season. And Livers is a guy on whom the Wizards could exercise some contractual control. They, in this coming offseason, could issue him a qualifying offer before free agency, which in turn would make him a restricted free agent, and the Wizards in restricted free agency would have the right to match any contract offer that Livers received from another team. Now, Isaiah Livers is having a bad season in terms of his shooting, but if it doesn't work out here, fine. And the Wizards got back two second-round picks, uh, adding to our team's war chest of second-round picks. The Wizards have accumulated a lot of second-round picks here recently. So not a bad return for two guys in Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala, who are set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason. Nice work by the Brain Trust, uh, Monumental Basketball President Michael Winger and Wizards General Manager Will Dawkins. Uh, The 2024 NBA trade deadline is coming up February 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Meantime, just one game for the Wizards over the weekend, but the game was a win. In fact, a shocking blowout win. Yes, our Wizards won a game and in blowout fashion. Uh, The Wizards improved as 7-31 in this NBA regular season with a 127-99 win at the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday night. Now, the Hawks are not a good team. They came into this game just 15-22 and in this NBA regular season. And the Hawks were without a key player in Virginia product, DeAndre Hunter, due to right knee inflammation. But this still was really a stunning <laughs> dominant win uh, by our tanking Wizards, who came into the game just 3-18 and in road games in this NBA regular season. The Wizards dominated this game. They led for all of the second, third, and fourth quarters. The Wizards led by at least 22 points for the entire fourth quarter. Uh, The Wizards played good defense. They held the Hawks to just 11 of 40 on threes and totaled 10 steals in generating 16 Hawks turnovers and outscoring the Hawks in points off turnovers 27-14. The Wizards outscored the Hawks in the paint 60-36. How many times this season have we talked about the Wizards getting thrashed in the paint? Well, they on Saturday night did the thrashing uh, and the Wizards had 32 assists versus just 12 turnovers. Uh, A lot of Wizards played well. Kyle Kuzma, he in just 27 minutes, 24 seconds as a starter, had 29 points, six rebounds, including three offensive boards and four assists versus two turnovers. He went three of five on three, seven of 15 on twos, and six of seven on free throws. Denny Avdia, he in 37 minutes, seven seconds as a starter, nearly had a triple-double. He went one of two on three, six of 10 on twos, and four of five on free throws, and finished with 19 points, 14 rebounds, and nine assists versus three turnovers. And Jordan Poole, 
He in 25 minutes, 50 seconds as a starter, went 2 of 6 on threes, 6 of 10 on twos, and 2 of 2 on free throws. And he finished with 20 points, 2 assists versus 1 turnover, and 2 rebounds. Uh, this was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame session with reporters on Saturday night on what he liked about this game. Uh, the start to, to the finish. <laughs> I thought we uh, started the right way and played well throughout. Um, just our overall energy, uh, connectivity offensively, you know, 30 plus assists, pretty decent number on the turnovers, but that ball was moving and it really helps our overall efficiency. Play with the right level of force, you know, on both sides. Pretty much defended without fouling until that fourth quarter, but uh, I thought we did a really good job. Denny was great on, uh, on Trey, you know, made him work. Uh, and they missed some shots, you know, that they probably would make, but, you know, that's, that's part of it. So, but a credit to those guys early for setting a tone, to defending him and Murray, uh, just making, making things tough for him. Yeah, the Wizards held the Hawks two leading scores for this regular season. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray to combine to 10 of 34 from the field, 3 of 16 on threes and 7 of 18 on twos. Uh, also, with the Wizards, uh, I do want to mention this. So, on last Tuesday's show, episode 736, talked about the Wizards late night on Monday night having surprisingly waived Ryan Rollins, who they got from the Golden State Warriors last July 6th in the Chris Paul trade, and who had actually played pretty well in limited playing time this season. And I wondered why the Wizards waived Rollins. And I know that a lot of Wizards fans wondered why. Well, (laughs) now we know why. Uh, A friend of this podcast, Wizards insider Josh Robbins of The Athletic, he in a report that came out this past Thursday night broke the news that Rollins has been accused of repeatedly shoplifting from a Target store. Yeah, you heard that right. Shoplifting from a Target store. Uh, this is according to documents on file at Alexandria General District Court in Virginia. Uh, so an NBA player, an actual NBA player accused of shoplifting at a Target. Uh, police and court documents said that Ryan Rollins stole small household items such as groceries, body wash, <laughs> and uh, candles from a Target store on seven different occasions from September 9th to November 9th. Hey, the holidays were coming up. Uh, Ryan Rollins has been charged with seven counts of petty larceny, and the items alleged to have been stolen in each incident were valued at less than $1,000. Hey, if you need body wash and candles, you do what you gotta do at a Target, okay? Uh, Next up for the Wizards, their annual home game on the afternoon of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And what a game this is. The Wizards home to their recent trade partners here, the Pistons, Monday afternoon at three in a battle of two of the three worst teams in the NBA this regular season. The Wizards are seven and 31. The Pistons are an NBA worst three and 36. We move now to college basketball. We on Sunday afternoon had road games for Maryland and Georgetown against teams ranked in the top 10 of the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll. And the Terrapins pulled off a big win. Maryland 
for this season, improved to 11-6 overall and 3-3 in the Big Ten with a 76-67 win at number 10 Illinois on Sunday afternoon. This is the kind of win that maybe, truly, can get the Terps going this season. Uh, First road win for the Terps over a ranked team in the top 10 of an AP Top 25 poll since December 28, 2020. Uh, The Terps in this game overcame a nine-point first-half deficit. They, in the first half, trailed 2011. They then won the rest of the game 65-47. Really good stuff by the Terps. Their defense was so good, uh, they held Illinois to just 6-22 on threes and just 15-42 on twos. Defense really has not been the problem, but the Terps' offense has been the problem. Now, the Terps on Sunday afternoon were bad on threes and free throws, uh, but dominated inside. The Terps went just 4 of 17 on threes and just 12 of 17 on free throws, but went 26 of 48 on twos. And get this, doubling up Illinois in the paint 52 26. Domination by the Turtles in the paint. 52 points in the paint. To Illinois' 26. The Terps in this game were the tougher team. Uh, the Terps' top two players led the way, 6'1 point guard Jameer Young and 6'9 Julian Reese. They combined for 48 of the Terps' 76 points. Young in 40 minutes as a starter went 0-4 on threes, but also 11-20 on twos and 6-6 on free throws. He finished with 28 points, 8 assists versus 2 turnovers and 2 rebounds. And Reese in 34 minutes as a starter went 8-16 from the field, all twos. Did go just 4-7 on free throws, but he finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 assists versus one turnover. Uh, Julian Reese was involved in some controversy. Uh, After the game, Reese exchanged words with Illinois assistant coach Tim Anderson, who snubbed Reese in the postgame handshake line. Uh, Not sure what that was about, but a big key to this win also was the Terps getting contributions from some of the team's secondary players. Uh, Take, for instance, Jordan Geronimo, a 6'6 Indiana transfer. He was good. Uh, He, in 29 minutes as a starter, went 1-2 on threes and 3-5 on twos and finished with nine points, four rebounds, including three offensive boards and three blocks. Great to see the Terps get a win like this. They needed a win like this. Uh, Their season had been in this, like, fog, this, uh, like, malaise. So you could always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Jerry Moore. Congrats to the Terps for a very rare road win. Uh, Thank you for that, Jerry. Email from Michael King. That's the best win for Kevin Willard as Terps head coach yet. Nice to see them get a ranked win on the road. Full credit to all of them. Uh, Thank you for that, Mike. Uh, Now the Terps have got to keep this going uh, because next up is another road game. Maryland is at Northwestern Wednesday night at 9. Meantime, Georgetown, it for this season, fell to 8-9 overall and and 1-5 in the Big East with an 80-67 loss at number 4 UConn on Sunday afternoon. Tough matchup for the Hoyas. UConn is really good. The Hoyas' only lead in this game was a uh, 2 nothing lead. Uh, the Hoyas allowed UConn to go 13-24 on threes. That, in a lot of ways, was the game. Uh, the Hoyas allowed two UConn players, 6'8", Alex Caraban, and 6'4", Rutgers transfer Cam Spencer, to go a combined 11 of 15 on threes. Uh, Cam Spencer is from Maryland. He went to the Boys Latin School of Maryland in Baltimore, began 
his collegiate career at Loyola of Maryland. Uh, but the Hoyas shooting was really bad. They went just 4 of 16 on threes and just 13 of 34 on twos. The Hoyas lost despite having 38 free throw attempts to UConn's 25. The Hoyas went 29 of 38 on free throws. UConn went 19 of 25 on free throws. Uh, rough game for 6-2 Illinois transfer Jaden Epps. He in 37 minutes as a starter went just 5-19 from the field. 0-5 on threes and just 5-14 on twos. And he went just 6-9 on free throws. He finished with 16 points, 3 steals, 1 assist, versus two turnovers and two rebounds. Uh, 6'9", Fairfield transfer, Supreme Cook. He, in 31 minutes as a starter, went 5-7 from the field, all twos, but also just 8-13 on free throws. But he finished with 18 points and 13 rebounds, including a whopping nine offensive boards. But uh, Cook did foul out of the game. Next up for Georgetown at Xavier, Friday evening at 6.30. So we, over the weekend, had Maryland and Georgetown playing on Sunday afternoon, and we had Virginia and Virginia Tech playing on Saturday. Virginia for this season fell to 11-5 and overall and 2-3 and in the ACC with a 66-47 loss at Wake Forest on Saturday afternoon. Yet another hideous result for the Cavaliers in a road game this season. The Cavs this season now are 0-4 in road games with all four losses, blowout losses. This is disturbing. Uh, Cavs head coach Tony Bennett tried to shake things up by starting 6-8 Merrimack transfer Jordan Minor for the first time this season, but the Cavs got smashed by 19 points in a game in which the Cavs never held the lead. Uh, their defense, of course, a staple under Tony Bennett, was bad. Uh, they allowed Wake Forest to go 10-21 on threes and 15-29 on twos as the Cavs got outscored in the paint 28-10. Uh, they got carved up by 6-5 Gonzaga transfer Hunter Salas. Uh, he, in 34 minutes, 57 seconds as a starter, went 5-8 of eight on threes and 3-5 three of five on twos and finished with 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists versus one turnover. Uh, the Cavs did generate 17 Wake Forest turnovers while committing just seven turnovers and outscored Wake Forest in points off turnovers 16-5, but that ended up not mattering with how bad the Wahoos offense was. The Who scored just 47 points, went 4-12 on threes, a putrid 12 of 45 on twos and 11 of 15 on free throws. So the Hoos in the first half were especially bad. Uh, they scored just 21 points, went just one of four on threes, just seven of 20 on twos and just four of eight on free throws. And the Hoos for the game got out-rebounded by Wake Forest 40-27. Uh, 6-3, Reese Beekman, he in 30 minutes, 25 seconds as a starter, went just 1-7 on twos. He did go 2-5 of five on threes and 2-2 two two on three throws. He finished with 10 points, 4 assists versus 1 turnover and 2 rebounds. 6-4, Isaac McNeely, 35 minutes, 43 seconds as a starter. He went just a 2-10 from the field. 0-2 on threes, just 2-8 of eight on twos. And he had a game-worst plus-minus rating of minus 25. He went 4-4 four four on free throws, finished with 8 Eight points and five rebounds. It is very concerning just how bad 
UVA has been in road games this season. Next up is the Commonwealth Clash of Virginia, home to Virginia Tech Wednesday night at 7. And the Hokies, they for this season fell to 10-6 and overall and 2-3 and in the ACC with a 75-71 loss to Miami at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Saturday night. Tech blew a nine-point first-half lead, was up 30-21 with less than a minute and a half left in the first half, but allowed Miami to end the first half on an 8-0 run and then lost the second half 46-41. The Hokies were without 6-3 Hunter Couture. He did not play in this game off leaving Tech's previous game, the big 87-72 home win over number 21 Clemson this past Wednesday night due to injury. Uh, Couture is dealing with what head coach Mike Young during his postgame press conference on Saturday night called a head injury. Uh, The Hokies in that win over Clemson were bad defensively in the first half, but good defensively in the second half. Tech in this loss to Miami on Saturday night, good defensively in the first half, but bad defensively in the second half. The Hokies in the first half held Miami to just 29 points, just 3 of 15 on threes, and just 9 of 19 on twos. But Tech in the second half allowed Miami to score 46 points and go 6-10 on threes and 9-13 on twos. The Hokies had major problems with six-foot Miami point guard Nigel Pack. Uh, He, in 35 minutes as a starter, went 3-5 on threes, 4-7 on twos, and 2-3 on free throws. He finished with 19 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists versus no turnovers. Uh, 49 of Tech's 71 points in this game were scored by just two players, uh, 6'1 point guard Sean Padula and 6'10 center Lynn Kidd. Uh, Padula, in 38 minutes as a starter, went 5 of 13 on threes, 8 of 10 on twos, and 2 of 2 on free throws. He finished with 33 points, 10 rebounds, including three offensive boards and four assists, although he did commit six turnovers. Uh, Kidd, he in just 24 minutes as a starter, went 8 of 8 from the field, all twos, and had 16 points, four rebounds, and two assists versus no turnovers. Lynn Kidd, as of games through Saturday, was number four among all qualified Division I men's basketball players in field goal percentage for this season, 67.15. Uh, James Madison's TJ Bickerstaff, a 6'9 Boston College transfer, who is the grandson of former Bullets slash Wizards head coach Bernie Bickerstaff, was number seven at 65. But when you take out what Sean Padula and Lynn Kidd did on Saturday night, the rest of the Hokies went a combined 5 of 20 on threes and 2 of 7 on twos. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tuesday show, episode 741. We'll have plenty for you on the Commanders. Also on Tuesday show, I'll talk Wizards. The Wizards are home to the Detroit Pistons Monday afternoon at three in a battle of two of the three worst teams in the NBA this regular season. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Ah! <laughs>